pray. Lord, we pray for that your reckless love will just come and flow over us. And that we in this very room, those watching at home or wherever they may be, that they might experience your love, your powerful love flowing upon them. That this may be a day of new beginnings for them. That perhaps they walked in here today in close proximity to you. Maybe they walked in here and they've been a faithful follower of Jesus Christ for a very long time. God, thank you. Thank you for who they are. And others have been walking in here and they're still far away from you. So God, I pray that you'll soften their hearts, their minds, that they might hear a word today. And then God, there are those who are here today or watching that have been far, far, far away from you and are still far away from you. And I just pray that somehow in the, in the miracle of your heavenly presence, that you might come and be with them. Open their eyes. May they experience something fresh and new today. And so we come just as we are, but we want to experience what you have for us today. Amen. So um, today we have about 45, um, 45, we have 25 individuals who are going to be joining our church family at all three worship services. And, and as I've been thinking about this group of people, which is, this is a larger group, usually during, right after summer, it's not this size. But I've been asking myself the question, why would anyone in 2019, why would anyone in 2019 want to join a church? Why? So let me ask you specifically, those of you who are members of this church or members of any church, why are you a member of this church? What is it that you, what, what are you looking for? What is it that has you been searching for? Why do you want to join a church in 2019? So let me invite you, I've been thinking about a passage of scripture from Acts chapter 2, uh, beginning with the 42nd verse. It's in your teaching notes, which is inside your program. I invite you to take that out. And I know that some of you are very attentive to all of the things that are there. Uh, others of you don't care, that's fine. Uh, but some of you are really attentive. Just know now, I'm not going to be going over point number two. Uh, I know that really disturbs you, but just, just get over yourselves. So I'm going to do point one and three, class. So here, listen to this, this passage of Scripture. Uh, and you might even want to turn in your own Bibles. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. Now, let me just clarify. Uh, this takes place uh, when the disciples and the earliest uh, followers of Christ were gathered in an upper room. And uh, the Jesus had been crucified, and now he was in the process of being resurrected. And, and so we were, in, we're in this time in which the church is beginning to experience uh, their future. And they were very scared at this time. And so here we have this scripture. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship, to breaking of bread and the prayers. And fear came over every soul. 
And many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they sold their possessions and goods and distributed them to all as any had need. And, the, and day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they partook of food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. My friends, this is the word of God for the people of God. So for most of 20, 42 years now, I've had the privilege of standing in front of a congregation like this and proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ for us, the people of God. And, and um, I will tell you that the local church has just absolutely captured my heart, my mind, my strength, uh, my deepest devotion. Uh, the, the local church has been that for me. And I believe in the, in the mission of the local church today is more important than I believe that any other time in history. When we have so many things pulling us away from the body of Christ, so many things uh, that are uh, leading us down the path of darkness, that I think that we need to claim the mission of the church. And so the mission of the church is simply this, is that we promote hope for the hopeless, light for those living in darkness. And so perhaps you're here today and you're living, uh, journeying through this place of darkness, this place of aloneness, this place of alienation. God has a desire for you. And that's the mission of the church. The thing that makes the church great is not the building. The church, what makes the church great is not the steeple. What makes the church great in the eyes of God, are you. You make the church great. I'm going to age myself here. I've had a birthday this week, so I'm aging myself. How many of you remember this? When you were perhaps growing up and, and you would take your hands and you would put them together, something like this, go ahead and do it. And, and, and go ahead. It's not, going to, it's not going to hurt you, I promise. And, and, and you put your hands like this and you close your hands and you say, uh, here's the church, and here's what? The steeple. Open the door, and here, and here are all the people. Now, now, I want you to do it this way. I want you to clasp your hands this way. Because this is a, a modern-day interpretation of that old story. Here's the church. Here's the steeple. Open the door. And the question is, where are all the people? See, we're here. But we know that mainline Protestantism is failing. We know that uh, even Bible churches are beginning to face the same things that mainline Protestant churches have been experiencing for the last three or four decades. And we know that the church of Jesus Christ is still the hope of the world. And so what's happening? What's happening? What is it that you and I can do in order to be able to, to move down this path that God is calling us to move down and to be able to proclaim a good news for a broken and hopeless world? What is it that God is calling you in particular to do? And I want to talk about that with you today. So I, I want to talk simply about two things, point one and point three, remember? Here, here, here's the first, first point I think that we must come to grips with. And, and the first point is simply this that I think that we all have a need 
to feel like we belong. To feel like we belong. So why, why, why do people join the church today? It's not because they want to join something. Joining is like joining a club. But what people really want is they want a sense of belonging. But, but listen to this. For the last 10 years, I've been uh, listening and watching George Gallup in one of his opinion polls. And I've done this every fall. He does a survey every single fall. And every single fall for the last 10 years, I've been looking at the results of this survey. And here's what the result of the survey says. Americans are more spiritual than ever. They just don't care much for churches and religious organizations. Now, some of you are going to say, well, um, uh, I'm a part of the builder's generation. I've been, I was born in 1924, and I'm a part of this builder's generation, and, and, and that's not describing me because my generation has gone to church and continues to go to church. Or you're part of the silent generation, 19, uh, 1930 to 1945 about, and you say, well, I'm a part of that silent generation. I, I go to church, and because all, all my generation goes to church, and that's just wrong. If that was right, then this church would be packed out because we live in a community uh, where there's a vast majority, a large percentage, over 50% of the population are part of the builders and silence generation. But, but then we say, well, what about baby boomers? Well, baby boomers aren't going to church either because baby boomers believe in this, in this statement. Americans are more spiritual than ever. They just don't care much for churches and religious organizations. Do you want to know why they're not, why they're not interested? Is because when they do happen to come in through the door, they are treated in such a way. They say, well, if that's what the church is, I want no part of it. Now, I'm sorry for stepping on your toes. I'm sorry for stepping on your feet. But I just want to be honest and clear with you today that we need to have a change of heart in the body of Christ so that we together can be a part of the transformation of the world. That's the mission of the church. And we need to go overboard on welcoming the stranger. We need to go overboard with welcoming those and loving those who are feeling like they are living in the valley of the, of the, of the, the valley of the shadow of death. We need to say to them, we are with you. We're not judging you. See, what we're expecting um, people who are, who are not interested in the church to do when they happen to step into the church, we're expecting them to change, to become uh, Christ-like before they even experience Christ. And what the church has got to learn to do, what we need to learn to do is that we need to say, you're welcome. Because you know what? I stink also. I am full of sin also. I am full of this, 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 this sense of imperfection. And I'm, you can come and join my imperfection. And God is here to be present with us. We need a sense of belonging to that. Look at this statement. I believe in God but I'm not interested in organized religion. I hear this all the time. But my friends, what I want to say to us today is that, there, that I believe that everyone, every single person that's ever been created in the face of this earth, all of us 
have the sense in our hearts of wanting to belong. And God is saying, go and share my peace and my love with them. Let me see if I can give, it, give you an illustration of why I think people are so yearning to belong. Um, Eleven days ago, many of us have remembered one of the most horrific and tragic events that has happened in the, uh, the time of the United States um, history, and that's 9-11. Remember? Uh, let me invite you. Can you remember where you were that morning? Can you remember that? Uh, I was preparing to leave on a trip to Korea. And that event took place. I was a superintendent of the northeast part of Florida during that time. And as soon as I watched those images on television, I, I, I had um, my secretaries and other volunteers start calling up every church, and I said to them that I was placing a mandate upon them as a superintendent. I I'd never had done that before, but I decided that I would do a mandate. And the mandate was simply this. I want you to have your church doors open on the night of September 11th. Just have your doors open. Just provide there a place for people to come. And so what did pastors do? They opened their doors. The stranger, as well as those who are part of the faith community, gathered. One of the realities of what took place from 9-11 for the next several months is that churches experienced something that they had not experienced in a long time, and that is they were full, right? It's because people, all of us, had a sense of yearning to belong to something bigger than us. And we were asking God some tough questions. Why, God? If you're omnipotent, if you're omniscient, why did you allow this to happen? And that's why we call it terrorists. You see, my friends, I, I, I think that uh, th those who are inside the walls of the church and those outside the walls of the church, we're all wanting to be together. We're all wanting the sense of belonging. None of us want to walk through life living in isolation and alienation. None of us. Let me take you back to that scripture. If you look uh, at your teaching notes and look at verse 42, in verse 42, it, it says this, and all who believed were together. That's what we're supposed to do. We're, we're called to be together. Circle that word. Look at, look at verse 46. Verse 46, it, it simply says, and day by day, attending the temple together. See, that, that's what we're called to do. We're, we're called to be together. We're called to have the sense of belonging. And yet, the vast majority of churches don't communicate that sense of belonging. 
of loving, of caring. Let me see if I can illustrate how I experience uh, uh, the church today. And I'm gonna, I know I'm going to step on your toes and your feet. I know I'm going to do that. And you all are going to be people of, of kindness and, and peace and share shalom with me today. I, I get that. But I, I, I just feel a need to kind of open, open this picture for you. And, and so uh, a couple weeks ago, I was watching a National Geographic station um, uh, television, and I was watching uh, a special on uh, geese. And you're saying, how is this connected to the church? Just hold on. And I was watching a special on geese, and the, and, the, and the movie starts with some geese on a very large pond. And, and then uh, one of the geese uh, takes off and starts flying, and then a few seconds go by, and a second one starts uh, flying. And then all of a sudden, this, this mob of geese, I don't know what they're called, but a mob of geese uh, start flying, and they all get into this V formation. You remember? You've seen that, right? You've seen that. And, and so they're all flying together in this, in this mob, and, and their one takes the lead. And now here's what we know about, about geese, uh, that um, uh, they can travel in the V formation, they're, they can travel 71% farther in the V formation than they can alone. Uh, that, that, just that V shape empowers that. And then the other thing that we learn about geese is that it's a shared leadership. Uh, there's not the front geese that stays in the lead all the time, um, but it, it, is the, it is the person in the front who then uh, takes, takes the lead and pushes through, and then somebody else takes the lead, and the, and the lead goes to the back. But what happens when the lead goes to the back? What happens is that the, lead, that the person in the back and all these other geese start honking. And they start honking encouragement to the one in the front. You can do it. We're behind you. Don't worry about a thing. But we are all together in this. And so they just fly. And so that's the image of the church. Because it's not about how, we, how, how I stand up here and do it every week. It's about how I share this time with Robert and I share this time with all the musicians and I share this time uh, with, with the laity of this church. It's not about Tom. It's about us. It's about how we, how we work together. But I need to kind of share with you what I'm looking at right now. Can I do that? Uh, when I was superintendent, I loved to go and preach at the African-American churches. Absolutely love that experience. Because in the African-American church, they would have white towels that many of them would bring. And they would, when, when the pastor started speaking and they started getting involved in the sermon, they would start yelling amen. And they'd start waving their white towels like, you go on, pastor. You preach the word, pastor. You just keep on going. And I love that environment. And, and, and so, um, so that you have that experience and you just keep on going. Um, but this is what I experienced. Can I, can I just get real with you right now? Can I get real? So, so thank you very much. So here, here's how we get real. So this, this morning I, I, I had the guys take a picture of my hands. And my hands, I want to represent uh, the, the, the energy that I experience in this room so often. And because so often I, I really want to call in 911 to see if we needed to bring in some paddles to see if you're still breathing. 
but, but so my hands, if you show them my hands, so my hands are, 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 are a representation of how I experience uh, the body of Christ here at Cypress Lake United Methodist Church. You're, there, you're just there. Now, I want to share with you that I also think that you do get excited. Uh, I, I believe that. But when you get excited, uh, what happens with your hands is that you, you do this radical thing. You do, you do this radical thing. You ready? You want to know this radical thing? You, you, you take one hand and you put your finger over the other. And that is the most expressive energy that I get, sometimes get from all of you. Amen? Man, man, you guys need to hold it back a little bit. You just need to, don't. So this, this, this is the way that I'm going to start preaching because I'm going to start reflecting the energy that I get from the congregation. Oh, there you go, Ted. Look at, look at Ted. Man. So, so I, I, now, I was, I was, I was informed uh, after the 8 o'clock service that um, uh, they didn't like that comment because they remember going to church with their mothers and fathers and their mothers and fathers telling them that they had to be quiet. So then they've just taken the same practice and you've told your kids just to be quiet. And, and so we've just kind of gotten this excessive quietness. But listen, if we have people in our communities, if we have those in our worship service today, can you go back to the quote for me? Americans are more spiritual than ever. They just don't much care much for churches and religious organizations. I believe in God. I just don't believe in organized religion. See, what, what, they, what, what I think people experience when they, when they come in the door or when they experience us out in community is that they experience this And it's about dead, it is deadly. See, now I, I understand that some of you say, well, I'm, a, I'm not a type A personality. I have a very reserved personality. And, and what, if you're new here, uh, I am definitely an introvert. That's, I am naturally an introvert. And I, but my job, my, what my career, my profession, calls me to live in an extroverted world. So for me to do this, it takes a lot of energy. So I'm saying, I, I get it, but we're talking about the Savior of the world, are we, are we not? Uh, we're, we're talking about a God who can take us from where we are to where God wants us to be, amen? God, God, God is the one who is here who wants to move us uh, through uh, this part of life, whether it be walking in darkness and walking in despair, and he wants to bring us a message of hope for the living, for the living of our lives. And so when we, and I'm going to challenge you, because the react, your reaction is not much different than it was before I gave you that story.
I'm not sure. So I, I simply want to say to you, within your authentic self, will you find a way of sharing who God is for you, what God has done in your life? Will you simply share that with a piece of good news that others might experience God's love through you so that they might experience God's love in them? Amen? But if we keep going down the same path, the mainline Protestant churches, the Bible churches, we're all going in the same direction, and that is not where we want to go. So the first one is, I believe everyone wants to have a sense of belonging, this feeling of being together. I believe that with all my heart. So what do we do with it? Number three, what do we do with it? I believe that every single one of us, we want to make a difference in this world. I, I really believe that oh, we see this world as it is and we say, I, I've got to do something about it. I, I cannot stand it any longer. I, I, I just believe that God is calling me to take my talents and to use them for the glory of God. Three years ago, um, Cypress Lake United Methodist Church created a vision statement, and that statement says this, that we, we are called to radiate God's love here, there, and everywhere. To radiate God's love. Now, let me just give you back your image. I, I want to get comfortable with you. So we're, we're, we're going to radiate God's love. Boy, I'm excited, aren't you? I'm going to excite somebody. So if we're going to radiate God's love, uh, so let me, let me bring you into my world. My world, even though it's been a while since I've been in college, I still, have, uh, still believe that I'm called to radiate God's love in some interesting ways. And the most interesting way I can describe it as is that we're called to be light in the world. Amen. We're called to bring light into this world. And I have a degree in lighting design. And so we're called to bring light into the darkness of this world. We're called to bring hope to the darkness of the world. We're called to bring energy into the life of the world. Go ahead and take it all out. Uh, we're, we're called to bring about a, a hope for a world that is living in pain and darkness. But we are living in darkness. Go ahead and take it all back. My friends, this is you. This is you. This is who I am. And so, for many of us, the best way to describe who we are today is that we have covered this light to such a degree that the lumens, the light that is shining, is so dim. And that it could possibly go out. But what God is calling us to do as the people of God is that God is calling us uh, to join together as the people of God and to somehow uh, hear the voice of God calling us and to say, God, use me. God, use even me uh, for the proclamation of good news. That I might share a message of hope with the hopeless of this world. And so what happens is we together as a church decide to do some amazing things. Uh, this morning we had Coach Donnell, who's been the coach of Dunbar uh, Senior High School girls basketball team for 26 years. And let me tell you, he is such a light to the, dark, to the players. He is such a light 
uh, to those families. He is bringing hope into families' lives that they've never experienced just because he is being a light for God. I, I love what we're doing. In fact, I, I'm going to go ahead and call you right now to go home today, and I want you to go into your closets, and I want you to go ahead and start pulling out things that you have not worn things you have not worn in the last year, and I want you to bring them. Uh, on the Sunday, we have our closed closet drive when we're going to be bringing clothes in, and I want you to be the light to bring clothes in so that there are men and women and children who will be able to have clothing uh, that will, they can go to a job interview, they can go to school, they can go to um, be with family and friends. And that's what you can do. See, you and I are called to, to be a light to children. You and I are called to be a light to those who are a youth in the world today. You and I are called to be a message of hope for those who are walking in, in darkness. And that's why beginning in the new year, we're going to be starting a brand new counseling ministry here located right here at your church, because there are too many people walking through darkness, and we need to come alongside of them. Folks, you are the light of the world, and together we can shine a light that will make a difference for the, for the kingdom of God. Amen? Amen? But it happens to be a choice. It happens to be a choice. And the choice is, I can continue to sit with my can on, the, on this pew and just sit here and think, I'm going to be entertained for maybe uh, 25, 30 minutes or maybe for an hour. I'm going to come here and maybe hear a word that is going to be good news, um, but, I'm going to but I'm going to leave this place in the same way that I came in. And so, therefore, you're going to look just like this. And the world that you and I live in is broken and in darkness. What is God calling us to do? What is God calling you to do? Again, it's about being together. It's about being together. It's about having this sense of I belong. I belong and I sit in the presence of God. I belong and I sit in the presence of God with my family. And when I'm with my family, each and every one of you, I'm empowered. You're empowered. So God is simply saying, will you find your way, will you find your way of radiating God's love here, there, and everywhere? And when we do that together, and we welcome the stranger. God will say, you will experience new life in Christ. And the scripture said, verse 47, and God added to their number day by day. Why? Because they received and welcomed people and they did ministry together. Let's pray. God, you have uh, called us to be in this place. So now come and reveal to us how you want us to be when we leave here. Empower us for the work of the church of Jesus Christ to fulfill the mission of the church here, there, and everywhere. Amen.